initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Jamming the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. Infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. Woo! You understand that? This is live. Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Infamous Hour Live here on Boom Bap Nation Facebook. I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus. Of course, I was away for a while. I was outside. I was traveling the world. People thought I wasn't going to come back. And actually, I really didn't want to come back, Tone. I was having such a great time in Maldives. Shout out to the Maldivian people for showing us a great time. And the amazing city of Dubai, that is a whole other conversation. But we are back here with the legendary Infamous Hour here on Boom Bap Nation. Of course, each and every week, I have my co-host, SiriusXM, Shade 45 Zone, Tone Vera in the building. What's up, big bro? Bro, welcome back to the United States, man. It's good to have you back. You were definitely missed. Welcome back, baby. Welcome back, play boy. I, I appreciate it. So each and every week, we are scanning social media for guests. Of course, legendary artists is what we do here on the Infamous Hour. And the other day, I, I noticed that the, the guy Fiend had a new project. Hold up, hold up. Wait, Tone. First of all, man, I don't know. I don't know how you got Mr. No Limit Mercenary up in here, man. There you go. So we had had to bring up uh, Fiend. Welcome to the infamous hour here on Boom Bap Nation. How are you? Oh, man. First of all, let me shout out everybody in Boom Bap Nation. It's so good to meet y'all tonight. You feel me? And I feel amazing, bro. I feel amazing, brother. Thank you for asking. How y'all doing? We're doing great. Now, usually uh, when I do these interviews, I, I do like chronological order. I usually start from the beginning and then, you know, we go through the timeline and we are going to do that. But while I have you here, just from a fan perspective, the very first question I need to ask you is what happened to the head buses? Because that that <laughs> movement that kind of popped off, it kind of felt like it was about to be super legendary with multiple albums. And you guys kind of teased us with like one project, maybe two projects, and, you, and, and then the whole thing just kind of went away. What happened to that uh, specific group? Man, look, me, DJ Paul, Juicy J, the head buses, we killed it, crushed it, made millions. And just everybody just went back, collected it to their own thing. But lo and behold, just know that we're working on a part two on this No Limit reunion tour. Yeah. 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 Shout out to Juicy J, DJ Paul, my brothers. You heard me? Three, six, mafia, mafia. You heard me? Those are some good dudes. Um, they've, they're, they are like the kings of the South, man. And um, when's the last time you had a chance to talk to them? Look, what? The other day, I talked to Paul all the time. You heard me? I talked to Paul all the time. You heard me? Uh, he just was telling me he's on a new album, of course. Thank God it's Fiend. You feel me? On a joint called 448. I mean, 448. And, uh, man, just to know, like, bro, like, to know that all these years later, to hear, like, somebody that you just obviously got respect for. You feel me? But also, this is like your brother, too. I sent him to join. He was like, God damn, I'm feeling this bitch hard. Oh, this bitch hard. You know what I'm saying? To see that you're still excited like that, 2021, you feel me, is is always remarkable, you feel me? So shout out to my brother, DJ Paul, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Juicy J, you feel me? It's always, I'm always communicating with him because we did a monumental thing coming together, showing unity in the South. You don't really see that often. You know, two heavyweights get together, do an album, and change the course of history from here on out, you know? 
Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we are officially live here on Facebook.com slash Boombat Nation. Shout out to people in the chat. I see California. I see the Netherlands. I actually see London in the building. If you have a question on your Facebook for Fiend, put in the chat and we will ask. Now, you're from Louisiana, New Orleans. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, how far does hip-hop go back pre-No Limit? Because it, it kind of felt like it started there being on the East Coast, like looking on the outside in. But how far back does the hip-hop uh, legacy go Pre like ninety seven, ninety six. Let me let me say hip hop go as far as back to Donnie Simpson being on video soul in New Orleans. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It goes back to uh, MC Hammer, three five seven. You know, it's just a sonic. Uh, Poor Rice's teachers, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Eric B and Rakim. It go far as back as that because we also had our local thing, Heroes and Monsters that was doing it then. Me and X Joe Black. Devious, Tim Smooth, etc. MC Thick. We had our local heroes already during the same time. Those heavy hitters from the East Coast was doing it. You know what I'm saying? Our brothers in the East Coast went on and tailor made something so nicely. You feel me? Off of jazz loops that come from originally from New Orleans. Jazz. You know what I'm saying? So we just always had this connection. You feel me? But it goes far as back, my brother. You feel me? As far as the first time Shan and Karis one was going at it off the bridge. Bridges, you know what I'm saying? It goes back that far, bro. Yeah, I'm looking in the chat right here, and um, they're bringing up the the dudes grew up when they when they had your tapes. You still got yeah, any of those tapes lying laying around? I do, bro. Won't be denied. Cannot burn. You know what I'm saying? Things. These are uh, like memorabilia over the course of time. You feel me? Like you know what I'm saying? When everything was. You know, I was getting $8 a unit, you feel me, making millions of dollars, not even being on TV, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't even care, you feel me? Mm. So, for, from a logistics standpoint, would I Won't Be Denied, would that be considered the first album? Because obviously you had projects before that, but that kind of is like the consensus amongst the hip-hop community. This is the first project that we got from Yeah, yeah, this ended up being like the first release off a of Big Boy record. Of course, I recorded other projects with Musa, with DJ Jazz, Boone, people like that, Devious. But that ended up being the first physical copy of an of a album I put on shelves, you know what I'm saying, to counter that first release, you know, won't be denied. I got to ask this question in regards to albums. No Limit was known for this. The Their album covers always had the, the diamond fonts and those became like part of like the hip hop staple right there. Like if you had your album right, in right. The, with the diamond fonts, like you you knew it was going to be an official production. How did you feel seeing your album with that font on it and everything? You knew it was official, you feel me? Because everybody couldn't come out their pocket and get that work like that when it came to that artwork, you feel me? So I was happy to have Sean Tarzier, I mean, excuse me, to have uh, Sean from Pen and Picture whip up my album covers to have Percy Miller chime in on helping me come up with an album title there's one there family i was happy to have that label support that's how they let you know that you was a real artist like oh this shit really happening bro it's really about to go down you feel me you know i'm glad you mentioned big boy records because there were a bunch of artists on there uh mystical was there. partners in crime was there tim smooth was there any person though maybe who fell under the radar who had potential to be a star that maybe didn't pop off that you know sh- maybe should have got a better look at Obviously, obviously it's going to sound kind of like crazy, but everybody over there was something special, someone special that could stood on their own. G Slim was the obvious staple, you know what I'm saying, artist that the label was putting putting everything on the line behind G Slim. You had the Ghetto Twins, Partners of Crimes, 40T, 
Lil Lip, Insane, Black Menace. Um, uh, the, the list goes on, but all these artists were fucking special. All of them were special. And they did their thing, bro. They may have got caught up in some things in personal life. You know how it goes in the hood, X, Y, and Z. But man, they all had something special. You heard me? Oh, that's a fact. Oh. Big facts. <laughs> Yo, Fiend, like everybody, if they're not familiar with you, I got to say this. Fiend drops the second verse on Make Em Say Uh. If you're not familiar yeah. with the song, it was it was a Billboard hit. Back in the late nineties, it was um it was a song that I've probably played a million times in my life on tape. Easy. But um Easy. tell me about that studio session. Like I always like to hear inside stories. Like one day you you know feel free to share one. Like, was it Got like you. a tough selection process to make it on the song? Did your verse almost not make yeah. it? Who decided nah, the no, order? No. Like that those kind of things, you know? Nah, it was just Justin, bro. He walked in there, he said, Look, I got this track. It's going to be big. Everybody ain't going to make it. But whoever <laughs> finished their verse first, that's how they're getting on the song on the lineup. <laughs> it was a race. First. Yeah. So okay. as you see, I went second, my brother. You heard me? He gave me the word, and I took, I took my notepad, and I remember going right on the wall. You heard me? Next to him, <laughs> like this year, you heard me? And he was like, what you doing? I said, write my verse, man. I got in the booth. Phoenix decided this right. An exorcism busting, not the expedition. Will it chop and pay this vengeance to about the size of prisons? I miss it. The hurt the scary. No limit, mercenary. I'm telling I'm bad again because the worst of that red. I heard you make a worry. That's just for the loop. They intimidated by the round that a tank shoot. Tank dogs loot. Every robber in school, because they know every kick in dope. Need more money, more little things that want the greens, the comrade and the cab. Virginia hood reminding you who the baddest, definitely the baddest. So the crime gonna stick on my arm went twice. And, and then when I get him, I say, uh. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Round of applause. Still got it, bro. Still got hey. it. Classic moment here, the infamous hour. Well, live, this is the infamous hour. I'm your host, infamous hour. Today as we are live, facebook.com slash boomback nation. Peace to all the people that are listening on multiple FM radio stations across the country, including our new home, WBRK Star 101.7. We'll be on every day, three to six, coming soon. I have Tom Vera and I have Fiend, who just spit a legendary verse for Makers Say Ah. Oh. So obviously, you got signed yeah. up with We saw the documentary. Um, how did you personally meet Master P and decide to go to No Limit? Because obviously you had a situation at, at the other label, but, you know, eventually you went to No Limit. What happened, what happened was, was, of course, I was working with other labels and stuff. Um, it's just that it kind of ran its course. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to Charles Temple. Uh, shout out to Rob Shaw. Shout out to Leroy Precise. DJ Precise Edwards. Uh, shout out to Old Boy. And a few other gentlemen, you know. Uh, shout out to my man, uh, Monster. Shout out to all of them boys. What happened was Mia X invited me and Mac to come hang out with her because she was, she decided to get me and Mac on her album. So she it was like some mafia shit, man. We heard me. She, she in the grocery store shopping. You know, she cooks all the time. She in the grocery store and she sent Bush, a friend of ours, Bush, to come get me. I went and met her at the grocery store, like walking up on one of those mafia wives or something. <laughs> Walked up on checking out tomatoes and shit. <laughs> and she's like, oh, good to meet you. Hey, good to meet you. She was like, um, I want to get you and Mac on my album. That was the first encounter 
of us going there professionally to, to actually go record. But I already was working with Cain and Abel, so that was like my second time going back, back up there to get on something. You heard me? Um, and as far as the third time, I guess it was a charm, I went up there with KL, and uh, we was working on some stuff. And him and Pete kind of bumped heads because he didn't know me like that, you feel me? So I'm in the studio where they had Baton Rouge. And he was like, man, who this dude you got in my studio? They kind of bumped heads a little bit. And then KL came back and said it wasn't about nothing. And uh, then I ended up going up there with a bag, you heard me? I walked up to them with a bag, quarter of a meal, to do a third-party deal. And Pete was like, you know what I'm saying? We're going to make that happen, you heard me? Damn. Did not know that. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm an artist. I, I really love rap. I produce. I do a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats. But if, like, most people knew what you really did or how you really moved, it take away from the occupation. Like, you know what I'm saying? They'd be like, well, how are you an artist? Why are you a rap? You know what I'm saying? So a lot of that stuff we kind of kept on the tuck, you know? Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the comments again on Facebook. Somebody asked, didn't you get signed to Rough Riders later on? I was signing Rough Riders for four years. Shout out to my Deans, my favorite Deans. I love them people, you heard me? Shout out to BX, shout out to Harlem, shout out to Yonkers, you heard me? Yeah, bro, I was signing Rough Rider for four years, and that's when D. Dean had a bad motorcycle accident, and I kind of like had to, you know, kind of do my thing independently, which they let me do my thing independently to feed myself while I was signed to the label. Who you know does that, bro? Who you know does that? I'm going to sign the Interscope Rough Rider, right? And they, and they like, well, Fiend, we, we just don't know what we're doing just yet because Dean down, and, you know, he runs the studio and he puts all the the uh the oomph and the, and the extra sauce on, on the, the A&R side. So, you know what I'm saying? We don't know what we're doing just yet, but hold it tight. And it was like, well, you can put out some independent projects and feed yourself. Man, I would drop independent projects and get millions. You feel me? As an indie dude, bro. So shout out to Rough Riders, bro. Shout out to Darren Dean D. Shout out to Watt. Shout out to my family out there for real, bro. It's double R still, you heard me? All right. Yeah. That was actually the perfect segue because I specifically remember from the production side, you producing a record on Kiss's debut album. Oh, um, my God. So, oh, my God. But, but, but prior to that, were you producing a lot of records um, in, in the No Limit camp or maybe some of the stuff that we heard before? Were you actually producing then or did that kind of happen later on? Now, believe it or not, man, I, I, I used to hum a lot of melodies, but I used to let Beast by the Pound be Beast by the Pound and actually produce. I only chimed in here and there with melodies and stuff on my contribution, uh, contribution side of producing as far as No Limit. So I guess you could say I kind of produced, co-produced here and there on, a, on some things, but me producing the beef of Kiss, which arrived for featuring Young One, Eight Ball, and myself, that was me on the drum machine going out there with my offering to Double All, letting them know I'm with y'all. We're attached to the hip and let's get this shit. That's a fact. I need to ask, though, Fiend, what's the what's the background behind that name? The background behind the name Fiend was my my first love for hip hop was hearing Eric B and Rakim. Okay, Rakim called himself Microphone Fiend. I was in high school, and because of my vocal tone, my little dudes out the St. Thomas Project just be like, "Yo, Rich, you need to be some type of fiend or something, bro. Like, yo, you need to be like somewhere in your name, dude. You like like Young Rock, come with your flow." So what happened was I ended up going with fiend, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm an addict to hustling. I'm an addict to taking care of the family, you feel me? I'm an addict to busting around, battling cats in the French Quarter, all kinds of stuff, you feel me? So, and the, it, I stuck with that. I flipped the whole perception 
of looking at fiends as far as, you know, drug addict, et cetera, right? To to this dude, you know what I'm saying? This Hercules, this, 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 uh, this He-Man when it comes to this music, you feel me? Yeah, most definitely. Once again, we're live right now, Facebook.com slash BoomBap Nation. Yes, for the people in the chat, we are really live here on Facebook.com. <laughs> Round of applause. We are live. This is all not the way recorded. Live. We, all the way live. we are actually live. Uh, shout to Tone Vera. Shout to Fiend. He is in the building. If you have the chat, look at Tone Vera. He's actually um, taking some questions in the chat. Now, we all have our, our classic album, and obviously there's one in every family would probably be considered like your first album, even though we discussed previous uh, there was. Now, I, I like the record with Sons of Funk, which was the first record on the joint, but what is, what is your record on that project that you think defines your sound? Like, we all have them. Like, Nas has it, Rakim has it. What do you think on that project would be like the go-to theme record on there's one there family and the go-to records would have been like uh you know all in a week going out with a blast mm. uh, only a few only fuck with a few you know live me long you know what i'm saying i i i'm i, I be strapped i'm i keep my strap on me at all the times those are like just textures you know what i'm saying seven days a week as a as a hustle out here, as a, as a go-getter, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, those would be, like, spot on. The, the joint with Sons of Funk was just me turning in a safe single, but a natural, real organic vibe to, to be radio-friendly because we were so elsewhere when it came to the album, those textures of the street, you know what I mean? Now, I'm hearing you say, like, you know, you were inspired by Eric B. Rakim, you were rough riders. I need to know, like, what was your connection to New York before No Limit? Or was it just afterwards that you started messing with New York? Nah, I'm a hip-hop baby, bro. I'm a hip-hop baby, bro. I'm just born in the 504. Fam, listen, I grew up four houses away from where Bounce Music was invented. Okay. The biggest promoter of rap music, of concerts, lived in my neighborhood, and he had a club four houses away from me. I met Public Enemy, and they gave me Fear of a Black Planet on cassette before it came out. Okay. I met Run DMC as a kid, bro. I was born, destined, preordained to do hip-hop, bro. That's a fact. Uh, yeah, big time, bro. Yeah. I mean, like, big time, big time. And My connection to the East Coast is like, you know, you, you wouldn't even know no better. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't even know about. I love the East Coast. I love it. I lived there for four years. I got there. I was battling dudes on Harlem blocks. XD, X Y. They didn't even know who I was. They kept saying, "Yo, B, that dude right there rapping sounds like Fiend, yo." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I loved it out there. I met some. You know what I mean? Look, I'm not. I, shout out to everybody, but I met some Bloods in Brooklyn that they, I was battling at Powerhouse and Yonkers. And they same thing, yo. He sound like Fiend, homie. You know what I'm saying? Like he just let me know, like I'm at the birthplace of hip hop, man. I lost it out there, bro. I lost the spazzing on everything, dog. Loved it, loved it. Being in the birthplace of hip hop, I loved it. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't wait. Boy, I, I was on the streets, walking from Sony, uh, Sony Studios at nine in the morning, standing in the studio for twenty hours. Just I loved it, bro. I loved every minute of it. Every minute of it, bro. You know, uh, we, we also the documentary on uh, the No Limit documentary, which was was super amazing. We also saw Rough Riders, but from an inside perspective, I mean, because you dropped two albums on No Limit, then you went independent, then you went the Rough Riders. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think too much music was being dropped? 
Um, although the formula was working, but do you think that may have contributed um, to the downfall of the label? Maybe not prioritizing certain things? I, man, I think as a hustler, I think as a hustler, you know, one thing I know as a hustler, when you enjoy getting money like that, you might get too blinded by getting money thinking that, let me squeeze this towel and just drain it out because it could disappear. You heard me? But as a person that love hip hop, that love rap music, you know, that just love music like that, um, me personally, I would, I would have stretched it out a little bit. That's just my opinion. You heard me? I can't knock what P did or what Percy Miller did because that was his company. You feel me? And, um, so he went with his, I don't know what it's like to be in his shoes as a businessman, what he was doing then. I didn't start my CEO, uh, apprenticeship until upon, you know, my departure. But me personally, I would have stretched it out for the long run. You know what I'm saying? And, and, um, I would have stretched it out, man. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have flooded the block, even though I got all this product like this here. I wouldn't have flooded the block as much. You know what I'm saying? And I do think that maybe, it might have watered it down a little bit. Just that's just my opinion. You know what I'm saying? But I can't knock him because at the end of the day, he may have succeeded and done something successfully as far as reaching the goals that he was pursuing. So I salute him and commend him on that period, the whole staff and people that did that. But just me personally, because of how much I was taxed, you know what I'm saying? I would have I would have stressed it out. You know what I mean? I would have stressed it out some. Okay. So, you know, you mentioned Master P and I know he's gone forth and gotten into a lot of ventures. He got, especially down there in Louisiana, he has his food in all the supermarkets. And I want to know, like, did you follow suit and join, um, join any bigger companies and start doing your own ventures, maybe get into the cannabis game or, or the food game and get your product out there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I got a few things going. I got one of the biggest clothing brands down here called Sleepy Bear. Okay. You know what I'm saying? This has been going about 10 years. You know what I'm saying? If you know anything, it is hard to last in the hip-hop business as a clothing brand. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I pat myself on the back for that. I also am working on the Sleepy Bear strand of cannabis for wellness and healing. So I'm doing that as well. But I went off into real estate with my wife. That's what I did. I went off into real estate. My wife, I own a studio down in New Orleans. We do real estate. And uh, I'm mostly a full-time dad, you know what I'm saying? My biggest investment of, you know what I'm saying, as far as my future. But the clothing, music, cannabis, real estate, that's really been where I've been, you know, owning studios. And I also walk in and get deals. I produced the artist uh, a year and a half ago that got one of the biggest deals ever from the South with Atlantic Records. Uh, Shout out to Mike Karen. Shout out to Jeff Vaughn. Shout out to um, Tariq. Um, shout out to my main man at, at uh, Moonlight Entertainment, Joe. I just broke a deal, a big crazy deal for this artist. And I produced 85% of the music on that. So I play my part, man. I try to be water and go with the flow and be great where I'm needed instead of kind of like overcommitting to underdeliver. You heard me? Yeah. No, that's super amazing. Round of applause for you. Hey, 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 hey. Keep it moving. Once again, yeah. we're live right. This is the infamous hour. I'm your host, infamous hour. Diaz Tolvera is here. Fiend is here as well. Now, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, um, you know, you've been on independent labels. You, um, you've, you've been on No Limit. You've been on Rough Riders. You're with yeah. Currency Jet Life. In your yeah. opinion, do you appear, Do you prefer independent or a major label? Everybody's preference is different, but just uh, what do I prefer, independent or major? As far as independent, it's a whole lot of extra work. 
but I do like the checks and, and, and the rapport that comes from knowing you can always keep the check and the bag going. As far as the majors, I love the fact that it gets everyone's attention at once. Mm. I love that still about majors. I don't know if I would ever do anything major again because I'm definitely only putting music out in my brand and my vibe uh, out for people that I'm attached to off of these vibes and these waves, if this frequency. So um, um, I'm at another place, but I don't knock it. You know what I'm saying? I don't knock it, but I, that's the big difference to me that all out hit one button, everybody get it algorithm opposed to building an algorithm yourself as an independent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The money is way yeah. sweeter. But ain't nothing like having a staff of people that at any moment's time in the world can get it like that, you know? That's a fact. Hey Fiend, like I feel like I feel like every established artist has, you know, a very a very complete catalog. Meaning that because of the fact that they've put in so many years, they're able to get so much music recorded. And I want to know if is there this one single that you have that if it would have been released would have changed the game or would have been like the biggest single in the country? Do you have one of those in your arsenal? I feel like there's a lot of music. I definitely feel like there's a gang of singles that would have done X, Y, and Z. But you know what? It's crazy you mentioned it. I feel like there's a lot of singles I ghost wrote for people that if they got out there, they'd have been just as big or bigger. You know what I'm saying? I was a ghostwriter. I signed the same day Bruno, me and Bruno Mars signed the same day to APG as ghostwriters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we did. That lets you know uh, how much I love hip-hop. I was willing to find a job just as a ghostwriter to make my contributions to keep it going, you know what I'm saying, for more years from my favorite artists that I just felt like if I got in the room with them, I love to put in the pot, watch the jail, and extend their career five, ten more years. Mm-hmm. What is the difference from writing for yourself than writing for someone else? Because obviously you have to think from their perspective. You know, if, if it's a woman, you have to think from a woman's perspective. Do you right. find that difficult or do you find, like, comfortability? We, we had the realist on here, and we didn't mm-hmm. realize how many how much stuff he wrote. Like, he wrote a right. lot of stuff. Fat Joe, Lisa Lefai Lopez. There's a lot of guys still writing. Nice. So do, do you find, like, a, a maybe a difficult or do you like it actually ghostwriting for people? Like, how, how is that comfortable for you? I don't find it difficult at all ghostwriting for somebody. I love it. I love it because I really love to see a plan come together. And at the end of the day, bro, I still love to see people enjoy music and all sing and refrain because that's their favorite fucking record. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still love that, bro. So that's what I'm still into. You know what I'm saying? So I love the ghostwriting. I ghostwrote for a lot of people. I hit a lot of charts for writing for a lot of people. And very grateful. The publishing alone paid for my wedding. The publishing alone paid for businesses. You know what I'm saying? That's always cool. But to know that it's, you know, that you helped some of your favorite artists, you know what I'm saying? Or some of your new favorite artists mm-hmm. get to another step level in the game and build a great rapport with a, 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 a record company to have a, to, to be able to call somebody like this here that's a major mover and shaking the business. Mm-hmm. I love that about being a ghostwriter and knowing that if push kind of show, somebody can call me for a hit record, you know. When you not, I want to clarify something. Um, ghostwriting thing. Were you were you writing songs that weren't hip hop songs necessarily? Like, were you writing like uh, kind of like pop songs as well, or did you only write bars? Nah, you name it, pop, 
song, you know, you name it, man. The only thing I haven't landed was a country record. Yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but um, yeah, man, R and B stuff. Shout out to Tija Moses. I did a lot of ghostwriting with her. She 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 did a lot of ghostwriting, and we got together. She was the first, to me, for as I'm concerned, accomplished singer to tell me, "Oh my God, this is perfect for you. You should be writing R and B records." Oh my, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to her for encouraging me and Mike Karen and Aaron Bishop, which is now the president over, I believe, at Warner Brothers or Interscope. Shout out to all my guys, because they're all doing well. Everybody that I work with, bro, that's another thing, bro. I'm catching chills just since right now. Everybody that I've worked with in the beginning of the ghostwriting career are all doing great, bro. Bruno Mars, Mike Karen, Aaron Bishop, you know what I'm saying? All these people are doing great, bro. And I feel like I'm a part of the alumni, and it's still making hip hop keep going, bro. You know, you know, Feed as someone who's been making music since the early '90s, and obviously we spoke about you being um, on majors and and obviously independent. What do you think yeah. is the future for major labels? Because obviously we were talking off air about direct to consumer, so now artists can go right. to the consumer. Right. Do you think as the majors keep shrinking, do you think? Uh, maybe one day it will fully be independent or do you think artists will still need majors? I think that will major labels still be relevant. Um, I think at the end of the day, they just won't be looked upon as record labels. They will just be investors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It won't be like I'm with this. You know, it's just, I got another investor. You know what I'm saying? Someone that want to invest into this product with me. And all the fa- uh, all the facets that come with that product, you know what I'm saying? Because if the artist or the label independently get the bag before, they don't really need to uh, rely on this uh, glorified loan from a record company. You know what I'm saying? They're just gonna be like, "Shit, we either to do business with them or not." You know, we got it already. What we need them for? But I still think that they are going to be able to eat because they still have those algorithms that they can press one button and make somebody a star tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? We touched on this a little bit earlier. We mentioned the uh, the No Limit miniseries that aired on BET. Uh, right. how, how much involvement did you have with that series, like uh, as a as a consultant? Uh, I just honestly, man, on the No Limit docu series, I just went and um, you know just had a little conversation with the people that were shooting at the time in New Orleans and expressed my perspectives and perceptions of things. Some things were kept, some things were edited. And um, at the end of the day, it got out, and I'm happy that I did go do it because, you know, people root for you, bro, and you don't know who's rooting for you. They got somebody in the barbershop right now talking about, yo, that's my fucking man. That's my man right there. You know what I'm saying? And it's good to reinforce these people that love and support you because they don't, everybody is not on one algorithm for an artist all the time. They know what they're doing all the time. You know what they're doing Monday through Sunday. So being on a bigger platform like BET, I think it just reinforced with fans, family, supporters that not only we're still here healthy, alive, doing well, but if you want to do anything with us in the near future, you know, we could talk about that too. Um, and some perspectives of stories. My mom was pointing out to me. She said, son, did you see at 19 years of age, you, did you, you got asked a question, what are you in this game for? And you said, family, and money, you know what I'm saying? So I just was, I'm just happy to know that, you know, feel me like I was preserved to do my part, to make my contribution to hip hop 
And I, I was able to talk about it a little bit on that platform, the BET, you know what I'm saying, and get with the people, bro, because um, everyone wants their story told. You just don't know how it's going to be told. Yeah, that, that, that was a perfect analogy. We're live right now, facebook.com slash boombap nation. This is the infamous hour. I'm your host, infamous Amadeus. Tone Vera's here. Fiend is in the yeah. building. Rob, come on. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so one, one, one of the things that attracted me to do this interview is that we have this new Fiend project out called Thank God It's Fiend, available right now. We got DJ Paul on there. We got Mr. Swerve on there. I saw the video, Make UGK Proud. Talk about that record real quick, uh, specifically, because that kind of feels like that's like the single in a sense, even though it may not be. But Make UGK Proud, like what exactly does that mean to you? And what does that mean to Southern culture? Because we know UGK on the East, obviously, but we know that they were really big. But like, what does that imprint mean to you and Southern artists? Hey, bro, the album Thank God is Fiend. First of all, it's like, it's like, thank God I found myself. Thank God for family. Thank God I ain't get finessed. Thank God I ain't lose my faith. Thank God for, for friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I had to tap into something that was more dedicated to a bigger uh, reflection of the brand. Make UGK proud. I've been around UGK since I was 12 years old. I know them personally. These are my friends. You feel me? So I was a kid around them because my cousin produced DJ Lil Daddy, a.k.a. Baby T. And I was around these kids legit as a little guy. You feel me? So I walked to school listening to them on headphones, on a cassette. And, and, and being from where I'm from, there always was somebody that you looked up to that if you got the opportunity, you was gonna be just as big as them, or one day to get that nod, like, okay, little homie, you know what I'm saying? So the, the track, when I heard the track, which is produced by um, the regime, I said to my, it instantly took me to like, oh my God, a pimp and bun was, oh, this song used to be on one of the albums or some shit. Oh my God. And I was like, so if I'm gonna open my model on this, it just made me say, make UGK proud. You gonna say anything on this song, make UGK proud, bro. So that ended up being the title of the song, Make You Keep Proud. Do something about yourself. Help yourself get off your ass. You know what I'm saying? Make something happen. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, bro, excited about that song. Excited. Oh, my God, dog. The track is pretty bananas. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on this project. Fiend, I want to ask, like, who would you say you made this album for? Would you say you made it for your hometown? You made it for the boom bap heads? Did you make it for the kids? You know, like, who's this album for? <laughs> Hey, I made this album, thank God it's Fiend, to make big homie music. You heard me? I don't hear no medium when it comes to hip hop right now as often as I could. So I made so when now we that we talking to a little Yachty, that we talking to a little Uzi Vert, we could pop this on from the south, wherever you from, and you could be like, Yeah, you heard my dog though, right? Yeah, all right then. You dig? I don't hear no big homie music. I'm not trying to be 18. And, and, and I'm not trying to be 70, you know what I'm saying? I wanted the medium, mm-hmm. the balance between hip hop. I just don't hear it, you know what I'm saying, with, with kids. So that was my, this was my contribution to my die hard fans who fuck with Fiend. I made this for my die hard fans, people who've experienced me, went through something that survived 2020, who survived this pandemic, nice. who have went through losing people, people that have survived errors, that's still here, bro. You know what I'm saying? People fighting cancer, bro. You know what I'm saying? I made this for this, bro. Little dudes that grew up with no mom and dad at home. Tell them they love them every day, bro. I made that for these type of people. People that get up every day want to be a stand-up man, bro. 
dudes that want to be a stand-up son, a stand-up husband. I made it for people like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not focused on. And I ain't preaching. I'm reaching. The music is straight gutter. It's about raw as it going to get. You heard me? But it's big homie music. You know what I'm saying? It's big homie music. It's okay. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't looking at y'all girls. I ain't trying to get in y'all pockets. You know, NBA young boy, we love you, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Vaughn, we miss you. Rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? All the little homies out here, bro, we just little dirt. We just want y'all to be safe, homie. We want y'all to be safe. So this is big homie music. I want you to hear from me if you ain't never heard it. You know what I'm saying? We mess with y'all. We want y'all to win. We just want you to know we may have a few gems that y'all can learn from us because I know they got some jewelry. We can learn from y'all. You heard? Yeah, round of applause. That's a fact. That's a great explanation. You know, kind of piggybacking off that uh, a little bit, do you think the elder statesmen of hip-hop don't make enough big homie music? Because it kind of feels like, you know, growing up in the 90s, like, it's nobody's place to judge what hip-hop means to these kids, right? I think we kind of all agree. Because I remember in the 90s, my parents telling me that Mob Deep or No Limit wasn't Rakim or wasn't this, and it's going to continue this. But we always kind of respected the elder statesmen of hip-hop, and at some place point, this went left. Do you think old uh, elder statesmen of artists are making a mistake by not schooling the younger generation and kind of just giving up on them? Real talk, homie. We got tricked, bro. We got tricked, bro. <laughs> we got tricked. You heard me? There's mm. no median. There's no line of communication between the big homies and the little homies. It's just mm. disrespect for the most part. So this is why this album is valid. This is why this album is important. It's bigger than me. Like, I, I got little homies that listen and that's winning but they're not showcased. They got big homies out here that's doing right by the younger guys. We have to add to their fire, not take away. If I'm looking in your backyard, I'm looking to see if you need something, not to see what I can take from you. And that version of us has been missing. The labels have tricked us. The streets has tricked us to make us us think. Oh, them old niggas trying to make mad, they jealous. Everybody ain't old and mad. You just ran across the wrong one. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing investments, bro. You feel me? I've been preserved, homie. It seems, I don't know how many errors. And I ain't, I ain't gonna never tell you how to shoot your shot. I'm gonna tell you to tie your shoe, though, because I see your shoe laces on loose. You hear me? I'm liking, I'm liking everything. This is kind of like the the 444 of the South. You it's really, real, bro. Like I'm, you're, you're, I'm just, a, yeah. you're imparting I'm a that wisdom. Doing. Yeah. I'm a con doing down here. I don't survive ever. I'm a con I'm doing the respect what I have in this. I wouldn't trade for nothing in the world. You feel me? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like nothing in the world. And I feel like it's my duty. I got a song on a project called Protect Your Energy because this is where we at. I just want to help us. You feel me? Like into it ain't just the money. I need to be able to reach back. And I just want some people to, to get that. You feel me? I love Jake, love Beyonce. I love everyone contributing to this great thing of ours that has taken care of, going to be taken care of, has took care of families for years. I just think that I'm a bridge right now, and I hope that a lot of people use that bridge to, to cross over and start. I think we lost him. You know, yeah, he's he's a lot of cats, a lot of cats is getting tricked. A lot of cats is getting tricked, bro. They let the streets trick them, family. They let these regulators trick them, family. You feel me? As far as us giving them advice not to do this, us giving them advice not to do that. You heard me? So, yeah, bro. And that's crazy. You should say that. You feel me? 
Much love to you for that, bro. For real. Yeah, no, it's a, as someone working in media and, and now I've become a DJ and, you know, I kind of feel like it's our responsibility to school the younger kids. I try, I try myself as a media personality to give back as much as I can because, um, you know, the, the kids kind of feel like they have like their back against the wall. And they I, I think the kids don't really understand that they can make music for them and not try to make music for commercial radio or commercial this. They could kind of do, you know, this. But, you know, Fiend, when it's all said and done, final question, when it's all said and done, um, obviously you still have a lot of life left in you. We have this new project. Yeah. Sure oh, get it? TGIF, which is the <laughs> for it. Um, but when it's all said and done, what do you want the Fiend legacy to be? The Fiend legacy to be is I want you to know I can help more than hurt. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm nothing but a bridge, bro. You know, I don't never see nobody arguing with a bridge. They just want to get across it, you know what I'm saying? And um, Tuplich, man, I, I had dudes that were selfless, man. You know, when my brother passed away, I seen our neighborhood come together as a village to make sure I ain't going the wrong path. You feel me? That's powerful, bro. My dad, it was a king in my neighborhood, homie. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I seen our neighborhood come together to help me not be a fuck up. You know I mean? So with that type of same respect, I offer that to other cats, you know what I'm saying? I just want them to be able to win and let them know that you feel me, your big homie can love you all day. Most important, I need you to love yourself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to keep them vibrations high, bro. I want you to ball. I want you to ball. I want you to ball. The pastor balling, the bishop balling. Yeah. We could be balling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> For real, though. Super dope. Uh, Tolvera, any, any, any final words before we get out of here? Man, it's just, it's been great to sit down with Fiend and just talk to him about his whole legacy, everything he's done in the game. I've, I've learned a lot about him during this interview, man. And I just want to ask you, like, has, have you seen an artist out there who kind of reminds you of a younger you? Mm, man. Man, that is a very good question. Honestly, I can't say offhand, but I'm quite sure there are a ton of them. I had a different work ethic. And I just was had tunnel vision to other things. Like I don't, I don't like working on the album. I don't even listen to other people's music because I don't want to take. I'm so hip hop as a hip hop baby. I don't want to make a mistake and say something you said. My subconscious heard, and all of a sudden I thought I made it up. Yeah, that's you know deep. what I'm saying. That's that's how hip hop I am. I don't bite. You feel me? Uh, we're the Ghostface Killer. You know what I'm saying? We're the Wu Tang. You feel me? We ain't gonna be no biting, but. Um, I'm quite sure they got amazing, a lot of artists out here doing their thing. Um, they got probably a hundred times worked at this more than myself. But at the end of the day, bro, I want them to be better than me, better than No Limit, better than Swab House, Rap A Lot, Luke Style Records. I want them to be better than we ever did. I just want them to stay out of trouble, stay out of jail if they can, take care of their ladies, take care of their babies, and save some money for taxes. You feel <laughs> me? Oh, my God. <laughs> Tax season around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Stop blowing your stimmy money in the casino. Okay? Stop, Stop blowing that. your stimmy. Stop trying to get real with that stimmy. Stop trying to do that. Once again, this is the infamous hour. I'm the infamous hour. But is Tone Vera is here. Fiend is here. Uh, before we wrap it up, let's talk about this new project. When did you get the project? Uh, we, we have Mia X on here. We got uh, yeah. Paul Wall, yeah. who I'm actually trying to get here on the show because he has a lot to talk about as well. Um, so really? talk about the project. Where did you get the project? Uh, who's producing the records? And, and you know, take the floor. Appreciate you, man. Check us out. If you ain't no better, my name is Fiend. I just dropped an incredible album called Thank God It's Fiend. It's available on all streaming outlets. I got 
me and X featured on there. DJ Paul, Paul Wall, Fendi P, Doves a Hash, Trey Woods, uh, Paul Wall on that thing. This album right here, not only is it everywhere, it's 14 cuts and it's a real album. I didn't drop a tape, a mixtape to drop that album to give you feeling Monday through Sunday, 365, one fourth a day, what it feel like to hustle, sun up, sun up, sun up. You feel me? And uh, the album is everywhere. I'm motivated. It's one of the biggest incredible bodies of work I've done to this date. You feel me? And all I can do is thank my wife, you feel me, my kids for being supportive and executive producing this project to make it special like it is. If you want to do something for me, homie, go download the project. Listen to it from top to bottom. I know you're going to find your favorite songs on there, but apply it to your life. Get bigger, get new memories, new money. But get to it! Let's go. Applause. Feed the energy. I love it. That's a fact. Love, love. I told Vera final words, but they can follow you on social media. Yo, man, I'm out here every day, uh, Monday through Friday, Shade 45, 12 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow me on Instagram at tone.viera, T-O-N-E dot V-I-E-R-A. I'm out here doing it for the culture, baby. Fiend, social, social show. Fiend, no social doubt, man. Look, hit me up on Instagram, 504-Fiend, 504-F-I-E-N-D, 504-Fiend. On Twitter, I'm Fiend for the minor, F-I-E-N-D, the number 4, D-A, minor. On Snapchat, it's Fiend, womp, womp, you heard me? <laughs> yeah, man, do yourself a favor, man. Visit the illest clothing brand in the land, sneakybear420.com, and step your fresh up, baby. You heard me? And if you need some real estate in the state of Louisiana, get out of here. You feel me? Yell at your people. So I'm talking about. And of course, I'm the infamous Amadeus. Listen to me on Sirius XM Shade 45 every single Thursday, 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Playing nothing but throwback classics. And I have a new music segment. So I'll definitely this week have the single from Fiend's album on there. Also, subscribe to the infamous hour FM radio show and podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and much more. Me and Tone Vero will be in LA in the next week. We have Onyx pulling up. I've been working on this for a while. We had Fredro, but now we got Sticky. Hopefully, we'll pull Sun C out. Uh, so we're working wow. on that. And of course, make sure you follow Boom Bap Nation, your number one source for all things hip hop. Shout out to our official sponsor, Livecast. Peace and blessings to next time. Stay safe. Stop spending your stimmy money and stay COVID 19 free. We're out of here. All right.